Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Ambody. It is Wednesday morning, and the dust has now settled from SMU deciding to move on from head coach Tim Jankovic. He is opting to retire and enjoy some time with family and friends that he said um, just haven't got enough time with him over his 39 years in coaching. And so we're going to cover a lot of uh, the end of the Tim Jankovic era, kind of look ahead to what's next for SMU as they begin its coaching search with Rick Hart and company leading the way on that. But first, I do want to kind of just look back. The end of the season, SMU falls on Sunday, ending its perfect home record uh, this season to Washington State, a game that Washington State just quite frankly, had control of pretty much the entire time. SMU got close in the second half, but ultimately it was just too little too late. And that was really uh, the end of uh, the season. And it was one that really went out on a dud for, you know, how well SMU played in league, finishing second in the regular season. Uh, They win one game in the conference tournament against Tulsa, looked like they're poised to go on a run. Uh, Instead, they were Controlled for the most part by Memphis. They they were able to get ahead against them, but again, couldn't finish. And then you get into NIT play, and they're they're kind of looking back on you know missing out on the NCAA tournament uh, with a lackluster performance against uh, Nichols State. And then they play Washington State, a much better defensive team, a team that is certainly able to play with SMU, and they just got flat out uh, dominated on home court for for much of the night. So that brought along the offseason. Of course, Tim Jankovic didn't want to really discuss his future on Sunday after the game. I asked him uh, where things stood, and he wanted to focus on the players, thank the players, and uh, spend a lot of time talking about them. Uh, he said the discussions would begin real soon, and sure enough, on Monday, those certainly began with SMU as I had gotten wind that it was official that Tim Jankovic was out as head coach, and uh, Tuesday late morning, they announced that he was retiring from college basketball coaching and look we'll see if he ends up you know making another return to to college basketball and and coaching uh, in the future but it does seem like he is going to take some time with family and friends and and enjoy that so you look back at the Tim Jankovic era and obviously the first season uh, was highlighted by that AAC regular season and conference tournament win uh, for the program going on to the NCAA tournament they don't advance there and then from there uh, it, it was uh, as up and mostly down as uh, in a way as you can, um, you know, have for someone that that gets as much time with the job as Tim Jankovic did. Obviously, he navigated through uh, the scholarship reductions. We've we've covered those in the past. Uh, back when I was at twenty four seven, and and there's certainly a lot of different opinions on that as far as um, you know just how bad it was in terms of how it impacted the program's ability to get players, but. You know, this is a this is an era that irked a lot of SMU fans that really followed it, in my opinion, just because you had that time where SMU was going through that hardship of, you know, not having scholarships. But at the same time, you had very basic things that and this is kind of the biggest thing that impacted Tim Jankovic's era at SMU is is just a lack of ability to to see perception and to see how the outside world might view things. And, you know, it just seemed like every single game that was lost or every single moment that was maybe not the brightest for the program, it came back to sanctions. And and we remember him calling himself the probation coach. And, 
you know, that that type of mindset just isn't going to sit well with with people who have watched this program enjoy success under Larry Brown. Tim Jankovic took his players and and won a conference championship and the blueprint was laid out. You know, good good defensive team, efficiency on offense. And Tim Jankovic really installed a more of a guard looking lineup uh, that ended up being more free flowing. Uh, certainly, you know, hero ball is a, is a word that you can describe it as, uh, and, and just you know, basic things that when things didn't go well, you never really saw much ownership. It was always you know, aw shucks, and you know, we had an off night shooting and. Or on the flip side, when defense would would break down and and somebody would go off, it was oh I've never seen a shooting performance like that. And so when you're a coach and you're the shepherd of the program and managing expectations, managing the PR, that's just something that he failed at on a huge huge level. Um, and throughout his time, you know, even when it got to a point where it had been a couple of years since the scholarship reductions were up. You know, Rick Hart, I was told, had to have a sit down with him and say, hey, cut the cut the excuses. And you kind of could see it sometimes in press conferences where he'd get geared up to to let him fly again. And and he would say, but they're not excuses, they're reality. And I think to an extent, there was some of that, of course, you know, when you, you're not able to put together uh, all 13 scholarships. But at the same token, we saw them settle on the recruiting trail. Um, you know, there were some evaluations that you certainly could question um, and decision scholarship wise where it could have helped SMU to go maybe after a transfer somebody could that that could contribute instead of you know awarding a, a walk on a scholarship like no offense Jamar Young um, we saw CJ White you know be recruited by SMU over um, whichever Arkansas school uh, Arkansas Little Rock I believe uh, and, and SMU signs them and you know it's it's things like that where it the the sanctioned talk just didn't end up holding much weight because of that so and then you you move on to well you don't call Drew Timmy you don't push for Marcus Sasser um, both with with you know incredible SMU ties and guys that were were certainly interested in the program at one point and that that was kind of the the story you know it was always the you know the mad scientist with Tim Jankovic hurt ended up hurting him uh, the most, in my opinion, you know, just kind of overthinking things um, when when there were players right in front of him that he could have gotten at times uh, that that could have really helped the program. And who knows if, if they would have recruited Drew Timmy start to finish really hard. You know, does he end up going to SMU? I, I would like to think that based on some of the things I've heard that they would have had as good of a shot to get him as as anyone. And then Market Sasser was playing pickup on SMU's campus multiple times a week. So you would have thought they could have gotten him. And, and those are two players that you know, looking back right now and with what they're doing and what they've done in their career so far, maybe he's still the head coach if, if he doesn't overthink it. So, you know, there's the positive of navigating through the APR issues that SMU was facing after Larry Brown left, uh, at least getting them through the sanctions. But, you know, the biggest issue of the Tim Jankovic era was PR and being able to manage expectations and uh, recruiting was obviously a huge issue. And, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, as nice of a guy as he is, it, it, it's time for a change for this program. It's time to shut the door on on the past officially. You know, I, I think uh, while he's you know coined himself the probation coach, he's also you know following Larry Larry Brown and uh, all the even even at times in the past year or so, we saw that 
that conversation, that talking point pop up. And, you know, I, I feel like as long as he was here, that was always going to hang over the program. And so now you miss the NCAA tournament with a full roster. You did it your way of completely uh, gutting it in a way. You know, you returned Kendrick Davis and Emmanuel Bandamel, but uh, they ended up going out and getting pretty much, you know, an entirely new roster after you said that, you know, building through veteran teams together was the way to go. You know, before the COVID year, uh, they had a team that came together and then the COVID year was supposed to be that time where they built off of that year prior. They didn't do that. They were going to miss the NCAA tournament and then COVID hit um, and they they didn't get, you know, uh, it was a crutch that, you know, they didn't get a chance to make a run in the AAC tournament. This year they do. Um, and, and um, you know, it doesn't work out. They miss the NCAA tournament. Scheduling was obviously a huge issue. But now you can kind of look forward with this program. And, and this program has a lot to offer. They've got Moody Coliseum, a great building. The Crumb Center, while it probably does need some upgrades, which I think any new coach is going to get, you know, tuning up the locker room, doing some little things here or there to make it their own, you're also going to see a, a program that is sitting in a, in a hotbed of recruiting. And that's not to say I don't think – that's not to say I think the, the formula is like it is for football, which is recruiting Dallas, trying to keep every single Dallas player home. That can work if you're SMU and you can build – a really incredible team just with the amount of talent around here and uh, on the ponyexpress.com we'll have a, a breakdown of some of those prospects in the 2023 class that SMU should be circling uh, with whoever they hire and at least taking their swing and I think that's going to be the the biggest difference with whoever's hired you know the blueprint for recruiting at SMU is is there you can take your shots at some of these elite talent uh, talented players in Dallas and see where you fall if they go elsewhere, maybe you catch them on a bounce back. It's it's similar to football in the sense that you can do that and hope it works out. You know, some of the better players in recent SMU history have been bounce backs. You know, Nick Russell, uh, Sean Williams, guys like that. Um, and then, of course, guys from outside of the area, uh, like your Mar- Marcus Kennedy or Nick Moore, uh, guys like that. And hitting on certain high school players will be important still. I think whoever's hired as a new coach will be able to mine the transfer portal pretty well. Uh, that's just kind of the day and age in college basketball. And like I said, the blueprint is there. You know, it's it's changed a little bit since Larry Brown was there with, with the uh, introduction of the transfer portal. And SMU did fairly well with the portal this year. You know, mixed results. Michael Weathers, Marcus Weathers, uh, Zach Nuttall wasn't what you thought he was going to be coming over as the South Conference Player of the Year. Tristan Clark struggled to, to stay healthy. Uh, Frank Aguane um, didn't bring much to the table. Uh, had his moments, but but overall, it, it was a, a certainly a mixed bag. And when when you're building a roster and you're you're relying on this being the year for you, it, it's all just got to come together. And and it happens in college basketball, and then in other places, you know, it doesn't. You know, sometimes you miss on those those uh, you know transfers and and making sure they fit together. And I think this team played fairly well together. I, I do think they were. Um, cooked once they missed out on the NCAA tournament uh, they clearly weren't there but still uh, this is a team that was you know talented enough to to make a run in deep into the NIT and they couldn't um, you know quite honestly put it together mentally to do that and, and stay out of their own heads which I, I don't blame them I mean when you're in that that bubble of you know gosh we should have made the NCAA tournament and oh they were screwed and things like that that's your mindset and I I, I do think 
you know, somebody said the other day, one of the, I think it was one of the one of Chris Jan's players at New Mexico State, and I might have it wrong, but you know, you take on the the mentality of your head coach, and I think that's where SMU kind of you know hurt themselves. You know, they're one of the best teams in the country at making runs, and then on the flip side, they also had some of the most against them, uh, ten point runs, I believe, on that stat. And so that's an issue. Uh, that that just shows that sometimes it doesn't work out uh, in terms of your mental makeup and being consistent. And, and I think consistency is a thing the program lacked. I think as far as, you know, who's next, you know, the big name right now is North Texas's Grant McCaslin, who's won three straight conference uh, uh, championships over there in Denton. And, you know, he's done it by and large, you know, recruiting JUCO players. He was a former JUCO coach, but his teams are really good defensively um, and they play at a fairly slow play pace. They're actually the slowest in the country, I believe. And so it's a little different. Uh, that's the big name that's circulating right now. We've got the hot board up on theponyexpress.com. Uh, we'll dive into uh, more of those candidates as we hear more. Uh, but that was certainly the name right off the bat Sunday as it was official that SMU was going to really part ways with Tim Jankovic. Um, that was the name circling. No movement yet as of uh, the recording of this podcast. Uh, but he's, a, he's in my opinion, he'd be a good hire. You know, somebody that would really change the mentality of the players. Uh, his players re- really play hard for him. Uh, they play well defensively. Uh, and, it, and it's just a, a program that has been taken to new heights under him. And I think that's what you want uh, if you're SMU. You want the next coach to take this program to new heights. And, and that's and with any hire. Um, and he did that right away at UNT. Uh, he had a huge 12-game turnaround uh, in his first year. Uh, and it took a minute to really put it all together. But the last three years, he's been excellent over there for North Texas. I think the questions would be recruiting at this level. Um, you know, how do you mine the transfer portal exactly at SMU? Again, kind of the blueprints there. I would think whoever is the hire uh, will have had good discussions with you know, Rick Hart, his staff, David Miller about, you know, what it looks like as far as going after transfers, building a roster, what they want. Um, I think Grant McCaslin would be an excellent choice. I think there are some other choices that certainly would be um, interested, and we kind of touched on those on the hot board uh, for you guys. And But right now it does seem like everything's kind of centering around uh, Grant McCaslin. We'll continue to keep you guys updated. I do think SMU is going to do a little bit of due diligence, but uh, Rick Hart did say uh, in an interview with the Dallas Morning News that he expects things to move quickly while also balancing that due diligence. And and I think for the most part, we've seen SMU do that in their coaching searches. You know, um, Obviously, with football, they had a chance to spend the back half of the season looking for one. Uh, they also had uh, time on the women's basketball coaching search front. But I will say Rick Hart and his staff have done a really good job hiring coaches. And I, I think that while we saw some names come off the board before Tim Jankovic you know, formally wasn't returning, that probably would have given SMU some a real good look. You know, Jerome Tang is one that comes to mind, the Baylor assistant who's now taking over at Kansas State. You know, this is still a market where SMU can upgrade and and can put a coach in position uh, to to be successful and and one that I think just off the bat of Tim Jankovic not being there anymore is going to energize the fan base. You know, a lot of our subscribers on the Pony Express said that they're jumping back in with season tickets without even knowing the hire. Um, I think we had at least probably 10 subscribers in that thread say that they're jumping back on board now that he's no longer there. So I think you're going to see a little bit of energy come into the program. 
Uh, Rick Hart men- mentioned engaging Dallas, engaging the community. I think that's huge. You know, Tim Jankovic, you know, uh, he sat there next to Larry Browning and watched that program be built and it didn't tweet, which, you know, not all coaches tweet, but it's little things like that when you're trying to engage a student body. And until this year, really, and I know COVID had an impact, but until this year, really, you didn't see the student body turn out like they did. And I know it's a, it was a little different. You had a Hall of Fame head coach, you know, at the helm of the program, but still, I think that engagement uh, that Larry Brown uh, took to SMU, yeah, Tim Jankovic just didn't. And so there are a lot of things he could have done differently. I think the next head coach would be wise to kind of pay attention to a lot of those. And I'm not sure if it's going to be Grant McCaslin just yet, but if it is, I think he is close enough to the situation to know uh, what he needs to do to to be successful in this in the job. Um, and we'll continue to track the other candidates uh, as well and see who pops up for that open SMU coaching job. We'll have it covered on theponyexpress.com. But, you know, recruiting with the facilities, with the resources SMU is going to give its next head coach. I would anticipate the next head coach is going to make well over $2 million. Uh, that's what Tim, Tim Jankovic was making. That's what the job demands because of that. That's the thing. When you set the market for your school at a certain level, more often than not, you're going to see that number be hit regardless of who you hire. Um, because if you're picking that person to be your hire, you're saying you're worth getting rid of the $2 million salary for somebody who's better, which means they should make more than $2 million. So I think SMU is is one, flush with money, flush with excitement to invest in this program again. Uh, I think there's some things that need to happen with the game presentation to get it popping back there a little bit more uh, in Moody Coliseum on top of just you know winning will help that. You know Whenever SMU had some of its biggest wins this year, they were at Moody. They uh, certainly got the crowd going. Uh, it, it'll just be a, an interesting time to see the new era take take hold, whatever that is, and um, for whoever that is to to begin navigating this program that has a lot of promise. There's a lot of people that want this job, whether they're you know maybe a little underqualified but want to take that shot at, at trying to get an interview, or um, somebody who maybe is ready to make a move from a mid major to to SMU, um, which is you know it, when it's going right, it's it's on the cusp of being a high major type program with everything the program does as far as resources and and um, just the level of competition and things like that. I know it'll change when Houston goes to uh, the Big 12, but still, this is a team that uh, is really ripe for the taking for a, for a coach that, you know, wants to elevate his status and, and elevate the program status. So I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm very interested to see how the coaching search ways uh, plays out. We will have all of that coverage on theponyexpress.com and spring football is back as well. We were out there on Tuesday, uh, did a couple interviews with Rob Likens and Kyle Cooper uh, that are up on the site as well. So check those out. And we'll talk a little bit more football later in the week on the podcast, but did want to get you some thoughts on Tim Jankovic's era ending and what's next for the program. Uh, We'll be covering it all on theponyexpress.com. So appreciate you guys listening to this edition of the podcast, and we will catch you next time, maybe with a new head basketball coach. Thanks for listening.